Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, November 13th, 2021. It is just after 3 UTC. I am Sam Minter, and Yvonne Bo is here again. Hello, Yvonne. Hello. So, the plan this week, we will, of course, have our little beginning of the show, talk about whatever we feel like thing, and then economy, and then political stuff. Uh, a lot of things going on. I know those are very broad categories. Uh, we're not being very super specific, but uh, I, I think that's good enough. We're going to have a, a section like there are all kinds of economic things in the news. And then there's all the usual sort of political things in the news. Good enough, right? Good enough. Good enough. So whose turn is it to start this time, Yvonne? I, I'm, I'm ready to go first. I oh, volunteer okay. myself. Wow. Okay. You know, and I know, like, because you mentioned the other week that you usually go first. And so we let, you know, I went first once, but like, I figured you know, maybe there's a backlog here. Maybe I should go first a lot to make up for the well, fact yeah, that you used Well, yeah, because I've been hogging first. it for a while. So, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so I, 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 you know, the reason I'm jumping right in on that is because there's a very easy one this week that we occasionally talk about when it happens. More often than not, I think, this week was the fucking time change. Oh, God, that fucking time change. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's like... You know, and I know this uh, one's supposed to be the easy one, right? This was fall back, so you get an extra hour of sleep, right? It's the thing. It that still I, knocked it, me it, on my ass. I've still been uh, off-kilter all week long. I've been off-kilter. And, and, you know, it happens that uh, Saturday night, we actually... Okay, which we haven't done, like, very frequently, uh, especially the pandemic. I mean, a lot worse. But I I think over the last couple of years, just because of work and other things. So we actually went to an event. Okay, we actually went to a a party. Now, this Uh, was a party that actually required everybody to show proof of vaccination or a negative PCR test going into the party and everything. Now, let me me ask one question. Yes. Did... Like, cause I went to an event like on, on Brandy's election night, there was a after election like thing where a bunch of the local candidates were gathering for the results to come in. And there was mm-hmm. a big sign at the front saying, you know, vaccination required, blah, blah, blah. And when we got to the door, they did ask, are you vaccinated? But then we're like, okay, you want to see the card? And they're like, nah, we trust you. No, was, no, was no, it like no, that, no. Or they, they no, really no, no. They made us show our vaccination cards and our IDs and matched our name to what the hell we were showing. Okay, good, good. Because, I, you know, I know they okay. were sort of like, hey, okay, you know, we'll trust you, blah, blah, blah. And I guess that's nice nah, to some nah, degree. But nah, I, nah. I, I nah, would nah, feel nah, a lot nah. better if they'd actually checked our damn cards. Nah, nah, we had nah, them nah, ready nah. to they go. Were, they, were, they, were, they were very, very, uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they were very strict. At the entrance. And as a matter of fact, when we first got there, and we're like, damn it, look at this line. I mean, because uh, actually, so it it was in downtown Miami, okay? Okay. Which, by the way, you know, you're talking about how it's, it's, it it supposedly, uh, it's, the cities are dying or something or whatever. Oh my God, was downtown crowded. Holy shit. Okay. All right. I was just, 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 I, I mean, I hadn't been downtown at night okay in a while i've been downtown during the day for business or whatever so you know it's crowded but man there was a lot of people out okay um and so so we get there we go through the line and we got into the event uh, and so uh and we got out i mean we didn't get home until like two in the morning okay Mm -hmm. 
So, of course, he had the extra hour because go back to one. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is good. This should be good. But you know what? It just still didn't matter. I felt like, oh, man, the whole week has just been, oh, geez, I don't know. Like, I hate these. You know, especially because it was just all of a sudden, like at five, six o'clock in the afternoon, all of a sudden, well, it's dark. Yes. And, and, you know, I saw a lot of jokes online about how, like, this time in November, the schedule is everybody complains about how it gets dark early because of the time change. And for, first of all, everybody pretends this is the first time change they've ever experienced. And I was like, oh, my God, the time change. And then for the next week after that, they're complaining about it getting dark early. And, you know, there's something true about that. And we're doing it right now. Um you know, and and, and I, I saw some articles. Well, I thought we made it. We we made we. Well, I I think we've tried to make it, and sometimes you've said that we uh, that we forget. But we've, we've made missed this a it a few corner times. We've made it a curmudgeon's corner tradition. But of course, we're kind of like fucked up with our traditions, so therefore, we might have missed once or twice there. Yeah, yeah. But you know, here's the thing. I saw some people arguing too. Apparently, there there are a number of moves in in some states to stop doing the time change. I mean, there's some states that don't already, but there there are others that are looking into it. Apparently Washington state is one of them, but there are arguments about, well, which do you stay in? Do you stay in wintertime or do you stay in summertime all year round? And, you know, I I, I saw an article and I, I think I tweeted it and probably shared it on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack from somebody arguing. And I don't even remember at this point which one they wanted to keep. But they were like, a lot of people are misguided and they want to keep this time and really they should keep that time. And, of course, I will do my usual advocacy. Fuck all of that. Put the whole, put the whole goddamn planet on UTC. And... Don't worry about like the fact that oh okay like the 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 number like not everybody gets up at like starts work at nine a.m. You know they don't well, anyway. Let, let me just right? say, you well, know. Well, let me just say that you know uh, going with oddball times is is a mess. Look, I I still remember when for a while I don't know Hugo Chavez Venezuela went and like changed your time zone and moved it ahead like half an hour. Right, the half hour time zones kill me. There are a bunch of the, oh. there, there are a few of those. It's it's just confusing, oh, right? My God, what the hell? Well, there are there aren't that many. I, I think that almost everybody got rid of. Them. The, the, is there India still in, in the half hour? India, India is still. Wait, no. Yep, all of India is on the half hour. I believe so. Check it. Check it. Check it. Oh God, Google, Google, Google. Oh, come on, no, you can't, you can't, it can't, it can't be. India country time zones. All right, let's see. Yep, five and a half fucking hours. Oh, come on, people. What the hell? You know, I do, I, I, I do, you know. Yeah, okay, you know, so, so here, here I thought it was Iran for some reason. Yeah, but. here we here we go. Here here is the list. Okay, half hour time zones. Yeah, India. Yep, parts Jeez. of Australia. Fuck. Um. Uh. And oh, this one's this one hurts. The Chatham Islands in New Zealand are off by forty five minutes. Oh, come on! 
Uh, we we also have uh, Newfoundland in Canada is off by a half hour. Sri Lanka is oh, wait, a half hour. Oh, wait, Newfoundland now decided, like, you know, a half hour? There was always a joke that, you know, <laughs> that the Canadians always made that uh, the world will end at midnight, 1 a.m. Newfoundland time. And it's so, no, so now they decided to make it even more of a butt of a joke. They went to the half hour. Great. Yeah, and we got Afghanistan, Iran, Myanmar, Nepal. Yeah, I've, I had a Nepal Iran, is also at a forty-five minutes off. Um, oh God! French Polynesia is also a half hour. Um, so we we get, there are a bunch of these still. There are a bunch of them. But Jesus, India is a big one. Okay, yeah, yeah India is a big one, and it, it it's also one of these ones that covers a great deal of longitude in one time zone. Right. There are a few right. places like that. Like, all of China is on one time zone, and it's as big as the United States. Yeah. Or almost all of China, I think. Now, Maybe now it's of course, all. the population is, is very concentrated more on the, the you know, the, the eastern part and the southern part. And so they're just making the, the western part basically just suck it up, buttercup, on the time. <laughs> yeah. But um, – yeah, anyway. I mean, like, which is fine. If I go by your theory, I mean, it's perfectly fine. I yeah, mean, so exactly. We're on the same time. Who cares? Exactly. See, here's the thing. Like, even within time zones, like, you know, the western side to the eastern side of a time zone is different in terms of what the sun is doing. And it's different if you go further north or further south. So, like, you know, you should just set a time for the world. And UTC is the nice default because it's already used for that kind of purpose. Uh, and then for wherever you are locally, you figure out what's the appropriate time for things like when school starts or when people go to work or whatever Look, what that matches the, most, the sun. Listen, one of the best tools that we've had in the last 20 plus years is these electronic calendars, okay? All right, mm. and sending a calendar invite, okay, as a tool to schedule something. Because I remember when I joined corporate, you know, HP specifically, that I had to deal with international business, yeah. how synchronizing a meeting at what time it was, yeah, we could write it down on our calendar or whatever, put it somewhere, whatever. You know, back then, we didn't even have, we didn't have Outlook. We had, uh, we were using uh, CC Mail by Lotus, for God's <laughs> sakes, whatever the hell it was, okay? okay. We yeah. had no calendaring app okay all right at that point and then relatively soon later we started using outlook and we started migrating to exchange with those calendars okay right. all right and it was like this is around 2000 okay that we started moving to that and the great thing about that was that all of a sudden i wanted to make an appointment i could just send a calendar invite it populated in their calendar and oh guess what it showed the correct time right for it everybody time zones nobody had us. to know it now it's still right. sometimes it's still sometimes challenging to find a good time depending on where the countries are but right, uh, but once we decide the time then everybody will see it in their calendar at the right time and, and i'll tell you okay. one other thing that's a side effect of that as well I, you know we, we were talking about india in the half hour talking ago but i i have a lot of meetings with folks in india uh several mm -hmm. several a week on a regular basis um and many of them were scheduled by the folks on the india side and so mm -hmm. they, they, of course, scheduled the meeting as India time. And like you said, Outlook or whatever translates automatically to my local time. But one right. impact of that is we just did our time change. India did not. Right. So I had a whole bunch of meetings. Is that the time moved? The time, they are now all an hour earlier. Right. 
So right. I had meetings. It was, that, it was a standing meeting that you guys had weekly, and then all of a sudden, now it's at a different hour. Yes, exactly. Like the, the, all of a sudden, you know, I have eight thirty meet. I have I have eight o'clock meetings that are now at seven o'clock. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I have nine thirty meetings that are now at eight thirty, et cetera, et cetera, because they all moved. You know, we fell back, but those meetings did not. So they they all shifted an hour earlier. In Seattle time. Now, I look at UTC as well. They did not change in UTC. It's because well, they, we that, changed our time. You know, those guys in India really gritted out a lot to accommodate our schedule. Okay, yeah. can I just say that? Because, you know, they're, they're like answering me at all sorts of hours that I keep thinking, aren't these people supposed to be sleeping? You know what I'm saying? And I, mm-hmm. and I, and I, get, and I get answers. I mean, they'll, they'll I, I really grit one... it out for our... Our, our damps. I had damp one coworker that I used to work with a lot. They've moved on to a different role now, but they were located in India, but mm-hmm. worked Seattle hours. Oh God, Jesus! So that effectively Oof. meant they were working the night shift. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and it well, was great for me. You, you know, I think you you might you might love it actually if you worked the night shift. Yeah, I probably wouldn't mind that myself. Like I, I I find myself most productive in the middle of the night and stuff. But but no, I was like you know, and, and occasionally it's hitting late afternoon Seattle time, and you know I'm trying I'm doing something I'm talking back and forth with him in chat or whatever, and he's like, and he's like I gotta call it a day. You know, it's yep. just like you know, it's the sun's about to come up here. <laughs> No. I gotta say though, the worst one I ever had to do that was a night meeting because there's one thing that's, that's just stand a meeting or something or whatever. I had to do a sales presentation for a customer that started at two thirty in the morning. Okay, my time. Okay, because they were, you know, there there were there were three teams that we were meeting: one in China, one in Germany, and I was here. Mm. And you know what? I'm the one with the short end of the stick. Okay, all right. And I'm just like, fuck, I, I had to make a sales damn sales. Pre- I mean, I had to make a sales presentation to pitch these people on, you know, on something starting presentation at 2.30 in the morning. I, I will say that actually I, I was, uh, I, I had some coffee. I, I, I don't drink coffee that hour, but look, that day I'm like, look, I'm having some coffee. I need to be alert. I need to be on point. But once we got rolling in the meeting and started or whatever, I was like, you know, because I, I especially because it's not like I was a passive participant, you know, or, or or that I could, you know, I'm the one that would have to drive the discussion. OK, right. all right. Directly. There wasn't anybody else driving. I, I'm on point for us. So it's not like I could even, you know, some people have heard, said they've heard me, you know, fall asleep during Carbudge's Corner. Well, sometimes in some topics, Sam's driving the subject, I'm driving the subject, you know, it's get late, gets late, whatever. So, you know, I, I may, you know, I, I may fall asleep. But and, and you know, and I'm really boring when I drone on. And so, you it's know, it's not just that like... you're boring. It's just that I'm getting old. Okay. All right. It, it, you know, that, 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 there is no other thing that could be explained. It's like, you know, like I saw these people making fun of Biden falling asleep in the fucking meeting over in, in Europe. And I'm like, give me a fucking break, man. He's been like on a plane, time zone change, jet lag, meetings, whatever. So he closed his eyes for a little bit. Fuck. I mean, yeah, none of you's ever, ever fallen asleep in a fucking meeting. Go fuck yourselves, all of them. I'm like, I swear <laughs> to God, man, you know, Jesus Christ, you know. I mean, Biden isn't out there claiming to be Iron Man Trump like Mr. The, 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 what was it that somebody claimed that he was the man with the most energy ever or some shit? Uh, of course. Well, yeah. 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 Well, anyway. Well, anyway, bottom line is that, you know what? Time zones suck. Daylight savings time sucks. This whole damn thing sucks. And, you know, but we're stuck with it.
And now it's your turn, Yvonne. Now it's my turn. What 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 is it my turn? Well, uh what is it my turn? Well, I, I will talk about and, and I'm not I'm not gonna talk about the the I'll, I'll leave for the economic section the other part. Uh you know, I went to uh I went to go by the office that we rent for my new employer near here because you have two offices. And let me tell you, I mean this whole thing with like I don't know how the hell anybody's going to go back to working at the office. Mm. Why? Because there was just because there was just nobody there. <laughs> I mean, the, it, it, listen, is it, now I'm not talking about just our office or our building. I'm talking where where our office is is a complex of buildings just south of Miami International Airport called Blue Lagoon Drive. Where a lot of major companies are there. I mean, HP had their office. What they we had a very big office here. You know, when HP was big, okay. You know, uh, they had their office. There is where I started working. SAP has their office right by, like uh, uh, Visa. Uh, I don't know the German automakers. There's the uh, worldwide he- headquarters for Burger King. Uh, North America headquarters for Diageo. The the they're the largest liquor company. So so there's there are a lot of corporate offices there. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. FedEx Latin America, IATA, the International Air Transport Association. So there's a lot of companies. And you know, you you I drove past there because Manu likes likes you know I've taken him to like uh, my you know like an office like Regis or something whatever we use those. So he likes to go to the office. Veterans Day he didn't have work. Okay. School. So he wanted to go. So he did that meet school. Well, to him, it's work, by the <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's work. So, so, uh, he, he wanted to go, uh, he wanted to go with me to eat, eat lunch at a restaurant because he likes to go to the restaurants. So, so I took him to a restaurant downtown and he wanted to go by the office. Okay. All right. And so, okay. So let's do that. And dude, I, I don't know what, the, I, I mean, I know. I was reading an article today about all these CEOs saying how they want their people back in the office and they want this whole thing or whatever. But man, look, there's nobody fucking there. Well, presumably, presumably that's related to like them not mandating it yet. If all of these companies said, I'm talking about all these companies. I I know, I know. Well, nobody's really, well, very few places have jumped in with two feet, like a white collar type businesses. You know, and, and, and and I think it does vary a lot by industry. Let's yeah. be clear about this because, you know, look, like doctor's offices, fucking doctors have to go to the office. You're not going to, you know, there is some medical things that you could do, like, remotely, some consultations. But, look, like, I'm I'm having some problems now with my shoulder. Okay. okay. All right. These are, this is this is a this is a problem that is like rooted in a boating accident that I had a long time ago. Okay, where I fell off a boat. Okay, and now all of a sudden, it started to bother me a lot more than it's than it ever has. Okay, right. so if I I'm gonna get this checked out. This is not a tell. This is not a virtual visit. Yeah, yeah. They I, have I, to they, they have to look at it. They have to feel they, it. They you may need an X ray. Who the hell knows it, what it, they need? It, uh, an MRI. Yeah. Who the hell knows? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Like my mom is getting physical therapy right now. Okay, because of a problem she has in her arm. You're not doing fucking physical therapy, you know, virtually, okay? I, I was doing you know, my physical therapy in person for my finger until my physical therapist uh, had an accident and had to get physical therapy themselves, so I haven't been back since. You need to go back there. But anyway, all right, so, so you know, so there, there are certain industries and things that I see that, yeah, those people need to go back to the office, but look, 
here's the one thing I'm seeing with a lot of companies, especially in the tech space. You know, look, and we've known this for a while, but but it's just, but they haven't reimagined what the hell it is, what it means to have space, what the next generation is. The problem is that right now, everybody's like, well, sales aren't down, and we cut, okay, let's see. We got rid of all these hundreds of millions of dollars in air travel costs, and then we, we don't need all these fucking offices? It, 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 I mean, it's like, I don't know. How, I, I mean, and the commute, and the whole thing. Yeah. And, and I'm seeing it in, in the tech space, how it's just, those are all just not there. Those people, I mean, it's still, they're, they're not there. They're yeah. not there. I mean, I, I, I mean the, I, I, in, in, the date to return to the office keeps getting pushed back because the right. pandemic is still going on and stuff. But I think that's only part of it. The other part of it is people don't want to come back. Right. And, yep. and they know if they made everybody come back, they would have an exodus on their hands. Assuming and, 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 as long as you've got somebody else out there who's willing to say, okay, we're good with remote. Then, you know, you, you force people to do it that don't want to, they're not going to stick around. This is part of that whole great resignation thing. There was an article specifically today talking about, talking about just what you just said. Exactly. How there's a whole bunch of executives that say, Hey, we want people back, but we're like, fuck, they're going to quit on me. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, you know, and we had, uh, well, it, it's just, I, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I have mixed emotions about it because I, it, look, I, I, I do like working in person with people, but I just don't like working in, pe- you know, in person with people all the damn time. And look, when you're raising a child and mm-hmm. you want to like do a whole bunch of other things or whatever, I mean, it just takes a toll. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, just just, was... just the simple stuff like right now, um, you know, my son is back in school. My son, Alex, who's on the show fairly frequently, is back in in in-person school finally. So somebody has to drop him off and somebody has to pick him up. Right. You know, if if I w- had to physically be in the office all the time, then, you know, that would have to be my wife every 100%. single time. Exactly. You know, yep. and, and if, and if she had a regular job, then we'd be having to figure out some sort of other after school care. Right. You know, but as it is like, you know, my wife and I both look at our calendars and see who has meetings. Cause even though right. she's not got a paying job, she's got meetings like 20 times a day, yeah, but just like but, my wife, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like who has a meeting, who doesn't, and whoever's free goes and gets him. Exactly. You know, and it provides so much more flexibility. And then you, you, you go and get food when you want to do, you do whatever you want to do, you know, and like, if you need to like take a break in the middle of the day and go take a walk or take a late shower or whatever, you just do it. You look at your calendar, you find a gap and you know, you do the work you need to do. And as long as you're not like just deciding to goof off the whole time, which would impact your performance and people would notice it anyway, you're fine. You got the flexibility. I do understand people at the damn office. People at the damn office would find all sorts of ways to completely goof off and not do a goddamn thing when they were at the office. I mean, it's the entire joke about the movie office space for God's sake. Yeah. I mean, you're over there. I mean, come on. We, we go to the office and like, well, let's go back get more coffee. Let's go back do this. Let's let's do that. Let's well, surf look, the web. I, I, let's, I will I will whatever. admit to like one one of the examples that employers would say would be horrible, but like, I will admit to it flat out here. 
if there is a night that I have not had sufficient sleep and I get up for one of these 7 or 7.30 a.m. meetings, um, and after it, I'm like, still exhausted and wiped oh you go take a like, fuck up nap yeah i'll go take a freaking nap like even if it's a little later in the day i've taken naps in the middle of the day when i am so exhausted i'm not getting jack shit done i'll go take a quick nap and then i'm more productive for the rest of the day if i well, was listen, stuck in, in our the, damn if, industry wait, wait, i just want to say if i was stuck in the office and unable to take that quick nap then I would. You guys don't have like sleep pods over there, no, like they have at Google they're, and they're, some other places. Some places have those. We're not that progressive. But you know, if 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 I wasn't able to do that, the end result would I would be yeah, I'd be there, but I wouldn't be productive. I wouldn't be getting shit done, like zombieing my way through the day. But if you actually let me, like, okay, I'm really tired. I need to take a break for an hour. I'm in between meetings, and I go take that break. Then I come back, and I'm good the rest of the day. Look, and I will say, look, let me tell you the opposite flip side of this. Yeah. Look, I actually probably would kill to have nearby, not that I have to drive 50 miles, okay? If I had a space nearby that I could use on a few days. Where you could just get some quiet. Yes, that I could go to that's not community office, but nearby, I would kill for that. Well, you, you okay. know, here, here's my, and, and depending on people's living situations, that is sometimes very useful. Even here, I'll say, like, after Alex is back from school in the afternoon, he wants some attention. Right. And sometimes I'm just trying to get shit done. Right. And as it is, I'm like going to try to find someplace in my own house to hide from him sometimes. And yeah, a, 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 a little work pod somewhere a couple miles from home would probably be very useful for that. That's why I keep wondering if, if, if that's what damn companies need to finally get in their heads about not leasing all these big spaces, but like say, look, there's got to be some office parks or some other stuff that's like closer to you, right? Right. And so that, that because people are more dispersed, when you go and say, hey, you know, we've got a subscription to these places. These are the places that you can go, to, uh, you know, to get some quiet time to maybe, you know, be with some of your workers or whatever that are closer to where you are instead of making people all go to these centralized you know, locations or centralized locations. And, and that also, right. by the way, you know, helps with all of these other issues in terms of traffic and congestion yes. and, you know, housing prices Climate downtown change. and all this House, kind of stuff. Yes. Everything. You know, and, and so, yeah, the more we can be flexible on these kinds of things, the better. Now, I acknowledge there is some value in sort of the incidental ha hallway conversations and such, and there are things for which in-person meetings are good, but I look at what these... But... But I look at what these companies are suggesting and what my company is. My, my company has said now it's up to like the director level to decide. They, they've backed off a little bit on what they said before and said individual teams can es essentially decide what's good for them. But what, where they had been going was, you know, towards a norm of we expect everybody to be in the office three days a week. And I'm like, I, I, I sense where you're going with there. I get what you're trying to do. But at the same time, I don't need to be there three days a week. Like, there, <laughs> there, are, there are definitely some kinds of meetings where it would be great to be in person, but I'm like, maybe once a month, once or twice a month, 
You know, I don't need to be doing that several times a week. It most of the time, I, I will say it's not that necessary. I used to when, when at HP that they basically let me like work whatever the hell damn schedule I was. I usually would go like maybe once or twice a week. What mm. once? You know, once a week. Probably but you know, part, was the part of that also though is the value is of synchronization, right? Like you have to like if you go in and nobody else is there, right? It was usually a day that a group of us would be there, and so we'd get to spend some time together at the office, grab some lunch, maybe get together after work, whatever, whatnot, you know, so we we would do that, so we would have that time together, yeah, so we were synchronizing that time, yes. Yeah, because, like, if you go in, but nobody you work with, but everybody else you work with is at home that day, you have gained nothing. Yeah, gain zero, absolutely. Except maybe, like you said, maybe you get that quiet time. If you've got a home situation where it's hard to get the work done because of distractions or whatever, it's it's good to get someplace quiet. But the, the whole sort of, hey, you get that group dynamic and everybody feels like they belong to a team and all that kind of stuff, that only works if you have everybody. But... And even then, it's not. I'm. It's not. It's unclear to me how much that works and how much value it actually has. And I think what we're finding out is, yeah, maybe you do lose something by not being in the office in person, but you gain a bunch too. I think the problem is that they haven't found what the right. Uh, like I was mentioning, this whole thing about be, having to be uh, workspaces, something more distributed, it, it, it's like they haven't been able to figure out what the options are. And also, there's a lot of capital tied up to the current environment. Yeah, and I guess I we could save that for the economy section yes. in, in terms yes. of what's going to happen with that. Uh, so with that, let's take a break, uh, and we'll come back and we'll dive right into economy. Uh, back after this. <laughs> For the test, Dracula. I'm ready, Frankenstein. Then let us begin. Creepy Classic celebrates the classic horror and science fiction films from the silent era through the 1960s, and retro TV horror from the 1950s to the 1970s. Visit creepyclassics.com for all your classic video needs. And when you buy something, tell Ron that the curmudgeons say hello. Okay, we are back and it's time for economy. And so why don't we start there since we were heading towards it anyway, which is commercial real estate you had mentioned, the coming commercial real estate disaster. Look, let let me just say, listen, I just don't see how the hell... There isn't a massive fucking commercial real estate debacle coming, okay? There, there's just, there's just no way. It, 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 and I, I, I see all these companies that are still, you know, we're almost two years into the pandemic that are still paying for these leases on these very big offices, right. in which, by the way, there's nobody there, right? Or own, yeah, millions, billions of this real estate. Okay? And it's sitting there empty. 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 And I mean, I went to downtown, and like I said, this is the crazy thing. There's a lot of people who live downtown. What I saw, retail, restaurants, that kind of stuff, clubs, they were bustling. People, you know, people were there. Okay? That part, bustling. Hotels, I will tell you, bustling. But, by the way, hotels for leisure. 
not for business, okay? Right. Some for business, but but it's not business, okay? And so I don't I don't I don't see how you know people are saying, well, it's just we've got this uh you know, residential real estate bubble. Well, here's what look, there is <laughs> you've got this redistribution of space right now where you and I had just been talking about quiet time or whatever, whatnot, right? Look, mm-hmm. a lot of people decided with, you know, marched with their pocketbooks and bought bigger places. Bigger places further out from work. Yes. They just, they went, they said, look, we can't all be at home like this. We need a bigger place. And they went and they're marching off buying places. That is what's causing, you know, the real estate to go. Then you had We've had, we're suffering here from an an invasion of people that decided, wait, I don't want to fucking live in New York. I can move to Florida and I can get, wait, I can get a bigger place for less money. Fuck this. And so they're taking their money from, you know, those markets that are far more expensive and coming over here and pushing up this real estate, right. you know, through the roof. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, it came down, there was a, a, a a recent uh, digest of the cities with the most global cities with the most price appreciation in real estate in the world, in the world. Number one, Miami, South Florida market. Nice. <laughs> well, it, it, I guess it's nice as I own stuff here. Okay. Thankfully, but you know, it's not really that great for a lot of people that aren't like really making, you know, a a a a a good living wage. Right, right. Okay. And so um it, it, but it, it's but listen, th- this entire I just don't see how there isn't a massive like in 1990 where there was a big S- with the SNL real estate collapse, how there isn't a massive bankruptcy of People that manage commercial fucking real estate. I, I, I mean, you know, th- th- it's it's got to happen. There, there is just this is not sustainable. Because even if a bunch of these big companies succeed in getting their employees back, lots of places aren't. And you've right. shown that this is viable and workable. So you're going to have less demand overall. For at least these centralized versions of this, like you said, maybe the the dispersed model gets to grow, perhaps. Um, but even then, you know, a lot of people are going to work from home. A lot of people won't need the little right. satellite offices, um, right? And, and so, and and, and this potentially, you, you know, you mentioned people moving from New York to Florida, it potentially impacts the whole country, right? I mean, yes. like if you want to yes. go to the cheap real estate, you know, move to the, the big flat red count, the big flat red states, right? You know, right. move to Wyoming or something. You can get some dirt cheap real estate there. You can get a big ass house and yeah. you can work your remote job from California or whatever. Now, you know, employers are getting smarter about that too. Even the ones that do remote, they're just for cost of living, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it still opens up this whole like dynamic range of like your, where you choose to live doesn't necessarily have to be tied to where your employer is located. And that just blows everything apart. 
Well, that blows everything apart. And I, and, you know, look, I, I have been for a long time, like doing that. I mean, I, I, I have, <laughs> I mean, I've lived out here for 20 plus years and my roles have had nothing to do, not directly with the geography. I mean, actually, maybe for like about two years, I had a role that was directly tied that I managed to uh, South Florida something. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but outside of that, the rest of the time, it was like, you know, I was, well, we talked about this. I mean, I was traveling the whole damn world. Now I'm not fucking traveling, which brings another thing that I know that is a, another economic issue that I see right now. Look, I don't see how the hell, uh, business travel i think look business travel i think will recover more than this commercial real estate but let me tell you business travel is not getting back to where the hell it was right there was there was this whole industry predicated on the notion that you had to go see people in person and so it was worth spending the huge amounts of dollars on hotels and plane flights and blah 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 this is what i will say about this there was this whole industry predicated that a whole bunch of people squeezed more that did a lot more in-person visits that were really needed okay right Right? i always got irritated when i saw people especially people in admin and other areas that were taking you know that were basically on the road the whole time and i kept going why you know look let let me let, let me be clear about something um why do I go, why do, you know, me in sales, I can tell you that it is definitely better being in front of a customer than being remote. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, 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 you know, there's a lot of more nuance that you get. If a, if a customer doesn't turn on a camera or whatever, you know whether your pitch is going well. You know whether it's not. They can't be really hiding if they're doing something or whatever, messaging something or not paying attention or whatever not. You get more time spent later finding out about, about what is going on at the office and what inklings. Or I, I've wound up in a meeting where I've seen documents on their table that I've seen, oh, look, they got proposals from my competitors. Okay. Mm. Oh, I know which competitors they're they're talking to. That shit you can't get, you know, remotely. Okay, right. but if I've got fucking internal audit wanting to just pull some fuck bank records out of something or whatever, I mean, unless you know, unless you're sweating the guy because you think his fraud's committed, and all just doing is just some regular fucking bullshit meeting, you don't need to be on a fucking plane going around doing that shit. They don't need to. Okay, and so I will say that, in my opinion. About 70% of the business travel that we had was, for the most part, fucking bullshit. (laughs) Okay. And so, you know, I think that that is a big, big problem. Now... What because, I have because seen that, is that, that leisure that travel impacts, by the way, that impacts the airline industry, the hotels, yes. restaurants, yes. all of these things are impacted. By yes, that. yes, big time, big time. And so I see those industries that are going to be in a in a big reckoning that that all of a sudden was just it was unexpected. Okay, I mean this was this was an exogenous shock that happened all of a sudden, you know, out of the blue. And nobody was looking at this happen. I mean, people are talking about, yeah, you know, people are going more digital and there'll be some changes. But all of a sudden, it just all happened in a span of uh, no time at all. Right. We were all just, you know, jammed into it. Um, And so that's another one that I'm seeing that it's just, I just don't see how that's going to, how that comes back. But let's talk a little bit about 
the the biggest thing that came out of news this week and what a lot of people have been concerned inflation yes inflation and that's been the uh, biggest concern about what's going on like right now now this has been building for a while but people kept saying it's transitory it's transitory it'll go away pretty quick and i guess the indications at this point are i mean transitory in quotes it's not going to last forever but how long is it going to be and how big an impact is it going to have right well here here is here is the reality of what's going on right now uh there was a a number that i got this week where, where they were talking about how imports into the u.s are up 30 percent year over or 30 percent from 2019 okay so 30% for 2019. And, but, it, it, you know, which is an insane number. Our supply chain was not designed to handle such a massive surge in buying at once. It just wasn't built for that. I mean, we had this just-in-time supply chain on a global basis. And so the only thing that can happen when so many people are trying to buy so much shit at once is that prices have to soar. There is no other outcome of it. You've got way too many dollars chasing a lot less goods. And so that's the main thing that people are are, 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 are missing the picture here. But But let's talk, but why? Do we have that 30% surge is the question, because it's like, what the hell happened, right? Look, let's it's go all back the money to, we've uh, given people, right? It's the... No, no, <laughs> let's go back a little bit. Let's go back uh, about three or four years ago. Um, you know, one of my concerns that I had when Donald Trump came in and the Republicans did the tax bill that they did is that they took an economy that was doing really well and just started just showering money all over it, right? And and take our debt and take it back up, which the second time that a set of Republicans basically decided to take whatever they got handed and basically just fuck with it, okay, all right? Um, and it left the economy in a situation where if something went bad... We just didn't have, I mean, the options of what you could do were all going to look like shit, okay? Because you have to lard up on even more debt. You have to, you have to push more money out in the market, et cetera, and so forth. And, and so there was already a lot of money out there, okay? That's the first thing that happened. But of course, a lot of that money was with all the wrong people, okay? That were already rich, which is, a, which is another problem. But look, the shocks in the supply chain that we've got that happened with COVID and with the shocks with the markets in general were brutal, okay? You've had industries that all of a sudden had massive declines in demand uh, over a period of 60 days. Let's, let's talk about oil, for example. Oil went to a point 18 months ago that prices were negative because there was such a glut of oil I remember that 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 nobody you know no nobody wanted to buy it. Okay, I will say that in the business I was, demand dropped by sixty percent. Okay, everybody cut all orders. So this happened across the board across many industries. And one of the things that had happened is, look, it bankrupted a lot of a, a lot of 
uh, oil producers, it bankrupted companies. It really hurt a whole bunch of uh, links in the supply chain and distribution of just about everything. Okay, companies got hurt, and and, and they they just you know they, they 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 have not come back from from that because you know they didn't have the reserves to survive, and so so you have the situation where that happened. Okay. Then what I saw happen six months later is that the surviving companies all of a sudden realized demand. Oh shit, we need. They're placing orders that were oversized because they were out of stock, and so you have the situation where demand fell, suppliers, businesses along along the way went bankrupt. So there's not as many channels through where to get stuff through. And then later, you have this demand surge on the other end. And then at the same time, a lot of people wound up uh, saving money through that time and causing a demand surge on the other end. And people trying to make up for that demand surge, one of the things that I've always seen happen with these is that they overorder. Mm-hmm. Because you can't get it. You're like, shit, I don't want to be cut short. I'm going to order more. Make sure that we've got enough inventory. Make sure that we're not short. And so now you've seen this going in the other way where with a supply chain that cannot sustain that and then you're causing this inflation. My my concern is that, look, the moment that the supply chains catch up and I, um, they will, there's going to be a crash in a lot of those prices of shit that is sore. Mm. And that's what's happened. Think about what happened with masks. Do you remember how difficult it was to find masks last year? For a while, yeah. How, how were prices for masks at that moment? Well, it, it, there, there were there was plenty of scalping going on. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. There were there were some really high prices when you couldn't get it through one way or another. Like you, you would find somebody selling. What's it. happened with the price of masks right now? <laughs> you can buy them for like you can buy a bazillion of them for nothing. You can get get all the masks you want. You get all the masks you want, you're not overpaying. Look, it's the same thing with everything that's going on right now. Whether it's with chips, with cars, with everything you're talking about, it's the same damn thing, okay? Um, And so I really believe that, you know, that when the supply chains catch up, prices and a whole bunch of stuff are going to come back down. And they're going to come back down because the problem is, that you've got also is that there are these negative economic forces that are going to come into play. Because I just mentioned this whole thing. I mentioned the airlines. I mentioned commercial real estate, okay? You've got you've got these counter forces like going in both directions. And so, but but here's the one thing. And look, I know well, that well, everybody's joking. Let me let me ask uh, one question. Because I started out saying, well, wasn't it all the money people were giving? Because I, I was joking around a little bit because I knew you were going to go a different direction with it. But people keep talking about between the COVID spin between the COVID stimulus, between the infrastructure bill that just passed, and uh, it, let alone if we do the Build Back Better stuff uh, in a few months, that we're also pumping tons and tons and tons of money into the economy that is also potentially infl- potentially inflationary. How does that fit into the mix in terms of this dip you're talking about later? Like, does that 
undo well, the dip? Well, I do think. Well, I do think. I do think. Or that does it make it worse? It, one of, well, I, not, I think not that, make the dip worse. No, no, no. Does make it no, no, spike worse? No, I, I think that. It, I, I think that it, if. Well, I actually believe that if you go and push through with all the spending, including the infrastructures we're talking about, you don't, you don't, you don't phase it in. You're, you could make this worse. Well, okay. Just, like just right to now. be clear, all the bills they're talking about are like over ten years, so it's not like they are talking about over. Or, well, it, well, I think that the one thing is to make sure that you have to time it properly, and and it's important because there's been a lot of money that's been coming down that had come in like right now over the last eighteen months. But look, you add to that. Forget about the money that people got in their pockets. Okay, that. That the government put in their pockets. A lot of what also was happening was that people couldn't go out and spend it anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, there's there are story after story after story. I've saw people that had put off spending on so many things. They didn't have their wedding. They didn't take their vacation. They didn't go out to eat. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. Boom, 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 boom. They didn't so buy the, a so new car people, because they couldn't find they, one. They couldn't exactly. So all of these people all of a sudden were accumulating money that they wanted to spend, but it wasn't so much because the government was giving them money, it's because the avenues for them to spend the money weren't there. Hell, if you can't go on the damn vacation to Europe if the fucking borders are closed. You can't go to the hotel if the hotels are closed. So I think that's the problem. I mean, if people aren't seeing that you've got this entire we 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 have this huge macro shock and i and i'll tell you that i see this a lot and i and i shared an article about this uh on our slack about what happened in the 70s with the oil shock okay when there was an arab oil embargo okay and how if you look at that inflation in the us in the 70s when it happened was after that macro shock okay because it it just took a it just took a long time for everything to normalize after that mm. and and this is what we're going through with this right now where you've had one of the biggest global macroeconomic shocks you could have ever had with covid okay um and so i i really think that i do think that the investment in infrastructure is important but also at the same time when you've got so many dollars chasing already a limited supply of certain goods you can't pour more dollars chasing those goods so, even more so now let, let, you've said timing is super important and of course timing is not something that folks are good at right so what you're saying is sort of like if if a whole bunch of additional hit spending hit now for instance that's just that would spike, be bad that's going to spike the in, in inflation more However, Correct. if the additional spending hit once that nosedive that you've been mentioning starts happening with the supply chains, then that might be good because it would sort of buff it, it, it would it would counter that effect. Yeah, and it would give it like a more softer landing to that instead of like having a whole complete crash. Now the basically. problem with all of these things is that the timing of them, it's not like anybody's being really careful with the timing, right? Like the, no. the, um, the, the, the stimulus that passed early in the Biden administration, some of that money went out 
right away because it was immediate yeah, we relief. All got, but I, whole, I even got but, some of those checks. Yeah, I, I did too. And I wasn't expecting it, but I did. But but some of it is still tied up. Like people were talking about like having problems getting that rent relief stuff out to everybody who needed right. it. And that's still not all sorted out. And so there's tons of money from that first bill that actually hasn't been spent yet because they just haven't logistically been able to do it. And in fact, some of the pay for's for infrastructure and build back better are, hey, let's repurpose some of that money from the COVID relief that didn't actually get used. Okay. Um, and, and, and so, but, and now infrastructure, um, the, the, the timing on when it actually passed, I mean, they've been fighting over this thing for months. It could have, could have happened anytime in the last few months, or it could have been delayed further for a few months. Right. It happens that it happened last week and it's going to be signed into law next week. Um, but then, the actual spending from that is going to take a while before it is actually happening. And we've known that that, and we've known that that, that that's a reality. When uh, when Obama passed uh, 700, 700 billion stimulus back in uh, two thousand nine, a whole bunch of the money didn't get start getting spent until like eighteen months, two years after that. Yeah, so I mean, this could be some you things know, will so, start right away, but it's right, going to ramp right. up slowly. It's going to ramp up slowly. I mean, so so that that is a positive about that. And look, here is and who the, knows what's going to ha- happen or not with the Build Back Better portion. You know, Michael Bloomberg was arguing for it today, and and and, and talking about it specifically as as him being mayor of a big city, and you know, trying to for, get the people to understand the difference between what that where that money's going to and for what. Okay, the fact that uh, you know, building resiliency into our infrastructure regarding climate change. Um, you know, addressing, you know, reducing the cost of like uh, alternative energy, uh, you know, doing a whole bunch of stuff that that we need because of, uh, you know, the big concerns over the future regarding climate and other things, but also because a whole bunch of our infrastructure is just creaking. It's just, it, right. it's just, it's old. It needs, it, it needs an improvement. And so, um, and if we don't do that, then that will drag our economic growth in the future. And so, yeah, I mean, those things are definitely needed. Infrastructure is is a lot of times um, underappreciated in terms of because when it's there, it's great. It, it's like you know when it, when it's not there, that's when people you know realize, well, shit. I mean, well, know, and, and a lot nice of we the, the argument is a lot of the build back better, quote unquote, human infrastructure stuff is also stuff that helps grease the wheels in ways that are needed better broadband better childcare all right. of this kind of stuff are things that would enable more economic movement that is stuck right now um, absolutely absolutely and so i i think that a lot of the stuff is important uh that is in there of course one thing about all of this okay and uh is that uh very difficult to Get people to appreciate the value of any of it. Any of it. This is a yeah. very wonky bill. Um, and I, I think that uh, kind of like the same problem as what the Affordable Care Act ha- had when it passed, that it's one of those things that uh, very wonky and complicated. People don't see the benefits for a long time. Until they realize that all of a sudden, when when they when they have, and then they realize, oh well, we're going to take away all of this, and they wait, what? That was that? Yeah, and I mean, even things as simple as like you know a new road or whatever. I mean, these yeah. things take forever. <laughs> you know, there's Look, usually I mean, like a, multi- a ton of money. There's usually a like a multi. Is- 
There's usually like a multi-year planning process and then they yes. actually start construction and then the construction takes years and years. I mean, yeah, it, it depends on the project, obviously, right? But we all know of these uh, infrastructure projects that ended up taking decades, right? You know, before oh you saw God, the full Jesus value. Christ. I, I still remember like the, uh, you know, the in, in Boston, the whole big dig. Yeah. I mean, that took like 30 years. But look, it, you know, the last uh, few years I've seen very... Significant issues with the uh, with the subways in the Washington metro area and the New York City metro area. Mm-hmm. And I know that there is money in these bills to help those subway systems, okay, all right, which haven't had funding in a long time, okay? And look, those are things that help transport quality of life, a whole bunch of things, okay? I, I mean, I'm sorry, but having... You know, right now, I know that Metro was having an issue right now where in some places, a lot of places, you have to wait 30 minutes for a train. I'm sorry, but you know what? Metro was something that when it worked properly, okay, would get anybody with very little money in their pockets everywhere very fast and efficiently. Right. Okay. In D.C. Yeah. In D.C. And having that not working is a major blow to well. Be- people individually and, and, their pocketbooks and, the and you economy. know you're and you're mentioning new york i mean during uh a couple of the storms earlier this year you saw right. all these videos of like subway stations flooded. completely flooded flooded yeah right. under underwater people trying to like swim to the damn train and it's like what right. the fuck are you doing but it's like and, and this is where it it sort of ties to the the climate issues is right right you, you have to like if, if you're gonna have more frequent, bigger storms and sea level rise and blah, 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 than things like the New York, the New York City subway system need to have protections built so that and you know, the big you storm believe, can happen and they can deal with it. Listen, and if you believe, which, you know, the prediction may be, you know, accurate. Okay. You know, it, look, if the, if the odds on prediction is that the Democrats will lose Congress. Yep next year you need to do this now right because you're doing this right now to to pave the way for a whole bunch of stuff that will pay off in many many years later okay you need to do this now right okay so the, 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 and, and you know the people that are voting against it because it's just um you know uh it, it, it's just it's not perfect is um is ridiculous so this is about as best as you you're gonna get you know you need to you need to take what's on the table right now yeah well and and i'm not gonna get into politics the the reason that the the squad voted against the infrastructure bill was because of the belief that if if they didn't do Build Back Better first, Build Back Better wouldn't happen at all or would happen in such a watered-down way it wouldn't matter. Um, and so it wasn't that they actually opposed this bill. They had said all along they were for this bill. But anyway. But 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 I, I but but you see by but 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 my my whole thing about that is that uh well look I, I think save my, it for the politics personal... section. Ba- back yeah. back to economics. No, yeah. Um, well, you need that. Well, my, my bottom line uh, on the economic side of that is that this needs to be spent. This needs to be committed and spent. We we have probably spent, I would say, like 
gosh, 20 years talking about this. Mm-hmm. Some of the spending, and it hasn't happened, and the economy needs it. Period. For the future. So, bottom line, when you put together all of these things that you're talking about, um, what do you envisage for the the next year or so in terms of you know, inflation, economic growth, uh, jobs, the whole damn thing. Like, what what's the next year look like? My biggest concern is that I think we have a very good chance of going into a recession. Um, be because of the common because of the combination that that of where supply is, and if we wind up in a glut with a lot of stuff, which is possible. Um, that's my biggest concern. And and I and, and also um look with good reason there there was a figure today to talk that in September 4 million people resigned from their jobs. Yeah, I was just going to say the one thing we haven't talked about is this sort of uh uh this problem with you know employers are complaining they can't like get employees. Well, I mean I, 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 there's still a lot of employers out there that like to practice what I, I, I heard a manager once say that I, I wanted to strangle them. He wanted the best people possible for the least amount of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's a really shitty philosophy. Um, and so, uh, I, I, look, you've got this problem that people think that they're entitled to pay the same price for a burger, a coffee, or whatever the hell, whatnot, as 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, and that that even though a lot of other costs have risen over that time frame, that the employees providing that, you know, should be their, you know, their personal servants at a low wage. And and, and so they will treat them like shit and spit on them and whatever. And, and what's been and happening up. and yeah, what's been happening here is a flip of the balance towards the employees. A, a flip of the balance towards the employees in terms of their bargaining power here. And you know, we were talking about inflation. The one thing I'll say is consumer price inflation gets blunted a little bit if there's also wage inflation. You know, well, I mean, it, it, well, they get blunted. Uh, honestly, you know what I what I've seen is uh, I've been managing people in inflationary environments, specifically Argentina, uh, mm. you, know, you know, which has that. And so, a, a lot of what happens is that. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's money chasing other money because okay, yeah. grocery prices go up, so then you have to make sure you raise your employees' wages. To keep up, and then they go and up, you and get then you raise them cycle. again. You get into a cycle. That that that's really but a the, lot of but, what, but I, what I wind is, up seeing. A, lot, a now, lot of the problem over the last few decades is that you've had the price inflation without the wage inflation, at least here in the U.S. And right. so people's I mean, buying power has been going down. In the U.S., down. you know, people are like talking about that. Look, price inflation in the U.S. Uh, has been relatively tame, even for the last thirty years. There's certain things that have gone up in price. I think people lose sight of how there's just a lot of things that in terms of what they consume that were cheaper. Look, the the problem has been over the last 30 or 40 years is not that the price of goods really has soared in a way that's out of control. It's there are certain there are certain safety net specifics 
that have soared out of control that have made living more difficult. Education and um, healthcare. Yes. Have have yes. risen more than anything else. Meanwhile, exactly. meanwhile think about how much and, computing and, and, and power and, and, you can get per dollar compared to what it was 30 years ago. Exactly. Right? And a whole bunch of things for a car or or a whole bunch of other things that you could buy that, that you know, back then in order to get it, it, it cost, a tri- you know, so much more money. And, and there's so many things right now that you can get that the cost is infinitesimal. Okay. Right. And and so so that's what I think people are, are, are missing about that. But the problem is that when people feel insecure about retirement, education, and healthcare, yep. that's the problem. I guarantee you that if if in the U.S. it'd be like in Europe where those things are secure, then people wouldn't be feeling as insecure. Right. And the problem is that that safety net isn't there. And so that's how you wind up with people that are working, you know, you know, unskilled labor that are very feeling completely insecure. And how wouldn't you? How couldn't you? If retirement is like all of a sudden predicated on a fucking 401k that most of these people don't have access to. It's not a pension like so many companies in the U.S. that employed a lot of unskilled labor 30, 40, 50 years ago had pensions. But those went away. I I was listening to something and I apologize I don't have uh, the site. Um, but I was listening to something this morning when I was dropping my son off at school on the radio or a podcast or something. I don't know. What anyway, but it was talking about, um, uh, radio, radio. You don't listen to radio. Well, not actual radio, but it could be like, I listened to, <laughs> I, I listened to streaming. You're radio. tuning on 670 AM. No. Yeah. Any, anyway, it doesn't matter where it came from. I think it might've been from NPR. I don't know. Um, but in any case, um, it, they were talking about. All of these industries, first of all, we, we talked on the show before about like fast food and grocery and stuff being desperate right. for employees, or maybe we, maybe it was on our Slack. I don't know. But anyway, the, the, we, we've taught, you know, all of these sort of service industries, uh, fast food, grocery, you know, all of this kind of stuff are desperate for employees right now. And they are raising their starting salaries they're offering right. more benefits uh right. the thing i was listening to this morning was talking about how they're streamlining interview processes and you know they're they're ditching a lot of the stuff that they had before in terms of like requirements to come in the door right. people yep. Yep. people yep. who had added requirements for like college degrees for various jobs Fuck because that. they had Get so many employees shit. they're dropping those requirements because they don't really need it they were just using that as a way to to filter, filter out the list and get it a manageable number of people. Uh, but they're dropping those requirements. They're, they're t- taking, instead of taking the approach where they're, they interview a bunch of people and then hire a few very selectively, they're doing more of the, okay, fill out the form. You can start this afternoon. We'll give you a trial period. And if you're good, you are good. You know, they're, they're experimenting a lot with sort of the hiring process to be more streamlined, bring in more people, lo- lower their standards, raise the salaries and, or, or, or the, the dollar, the, the hourly, um, uh, wages, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Basically because they're like, well, we got to get people in. And of course, like you said, that's part of the inflationary cycle, right? If you, if you start paying people more, you, you raise your prices. 
Right, but but you gotta uh, but you gotta remember another thing that over the last thirty forty years, an outsized portion of profits have been going to employ to a lot of companies that yeah. have been pocketing just the ever increasing margins on top of paying. That depends these on the industry, but wages. yeah, in a lot of industries, yes. but in a lot of industries, that's been the case, and so therefore, that's a, that's another adjustment where you know, hey, you you want to stay in business, you got to do that. But look, there's another there's another adjustment, and I think one of the reasons causing a lot of resignations is the conduct that I've seen of people, especially that has been exacerbated during look during the Trump era. Let's be clear about this. I went the other day, I'm at the pharmacy, and I'm seeing some guy, some older gentleman, just basically berating employees. Mm. And this is not an uncommon thing anymore. How they punch airline employees, how, you know, th- th- just fucking people that feel that people, they have the and right. And especially if, like, they have to, like, enforce a mask mandate or something, and people right. are upset about that. Yeah. That they have that they they have the right to abuse employees, and you know what? I mean, who the fuck wants to work like that? Who the hell wants to work in that environment? Right? Where you're getting threatened, literally fucking threatened. I mean, who the hell wants to work like that? I know I don't, especially for like minimum wage, especially for that kind of shit money. Right. You know, I've got, I mean, I, I, I've i been at the receiving end of, like, working in certain, you know, I had a few years ago where I had a, uh, in one of my jobs, I had a terrible customer. I'm not going to name names because I recognized a company. Uh, and they had somebody in charge of the area that, that bought from us. They bought millions of dollars from us every year. And the person in charge of it basically, uh, once a week, got on a fucking call basically just to berate, to berate my employees. Just to treat them like shit. Uh, one time I fucking just flipped out. We lost the business. I, I went and I, I flipped out and I said, you know what? I, I'm done with this shit. I, you know what? I'm sorry. You ain't paying enough for us to be, to get, to abuse us every fucking week. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we lost the business, but I, I don't think that was the main reason, but I, I'm sure that didn't help. But I, 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 I was just fed up with having my employees be abused by this person who thought that that was like their right. And, and, and like you said, we're seeing that kind of stuff more and more. And I think the, the labor shortage exacerbates it even more because what, right. like I, you, you mentioned, you saw somebody yelling at a pharmacist here. Um, you know, last time I was at a pharmacy, they were clearly short staffed. They had like half the number of people they usually had behind the counter. They were obviously like running around. Uh, they'd like reduced their hours and shut down the yep. drive through window and all this yep. kind of stuff. And so there was a line inside the, you know, waiting for this. And, you know, the, uh, there was, there was somebody who in line who was being really snippy with it because it, it took so long or they, they had some minor error with their order and they were like yelling at the person. It's, it's like, and they're like, we're sorry, ma'am. We're blah, 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 blah. And, you know, there are some people who just like when they're in that situation are like you said, they're just yelling at them. I mean, yep. when, when we were there, we made a point, my, my wife specifically was picking up an order and she made a point. They had, they had messed up something on her order. There was like one thing missing and, you know, she was made a point of being really nice to them saying, I understand, you know, no problem. We'll come back later for it, blah, blah, blah. But you know, the, the other people were there were like, you know, getting ready to throw a fit, you know? Um, and it's like, instead, you know, understand and like, look at what these people are putting up with, <laughs> you know? 
Well, you know, I realized today that I, I, I had a email exchange with a reporter from a, from a area newspaper regarding an article they did on energy costs and whatever. I gave him some feedback and stuff and whatever and whatnot. But I made sure also in the feedback, you know, to say, hey, you know, because the story was pretty good. But but one thing that I was talking to the person was like, hey, you know, you know one of the things when you get on these energy stories is that they, when you're talking about comparing nationwide costs is that. Sometimes in South Florida, we get caught up, uh, you know, there's one of the problems that we've been having, it's part of the economy issue, is rising energy costs, okay? This is an issue that goes back to supplies and so forth and whatever, whatnot. Well, one of the things here is that we use electricity for almost everything in Florida, houses. Whereas you go northeast and some other places, you know, they hey, uh, you run dryers with like natural gas, you use gas stoves, you use uh, heating oil for heat. So your energy consumption isn't all just electric, okay? Right. And so they were making a comparison where saying, well, Florida electric bills are higher than other places. And I'm like, look, but look, wait, the problem is you can't compare somebody's energy consumption here in Florida with somebody saying in the Northeast, unless you take their combined energy bill, which means you have to take their electric, their gas, their, their heating oil bill. And then you look at what that entire cost is. So we had an exchange about that, but I made sure that I, I said something nice because, because the article he wrote was pretty good. And I, I realized that reporters must get treated like shit all the time. Mm-hmm. He was so thankful. Sent me a very nice note back say, saying thank you very much for the kind words. Because I assumed that these guys, I, I, I get well, realizing this whole thing about treating people like shit, that they just get trashed every day. Yeah. And that's uh, also, so, except for the superstars, that's also not a particularly well-paying job. No, not particularly, no. No, no. But, but you know, people, uh, this is a societal problem that we have right now, and it's one that I think is driving a lot of the problem with people not wanting to go back to work to be treated like that. Right. At, At minimum fucking wages. Yeah. It's like- For your fucking burger, for your fucking coffee, for your stupid shit that you think you're entitled to your $2 fucking cup of coffee, and to insult me when I'm making it for you. Yeah. At minimum like- wage. It's like either pay me a lot more, give me other reasons to be here, or give me like lots of flexibility, lots of blah, blah, blah. And right. and like you said, treat me like a fucking human being. <laughs> you know, the, the companies who like do all kinds of nonsense in terms of like, you know, we're going to make you log every minute. And if you go to the bathroom, we're going to like make you ch- clock in and out for that and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to, you know, hyper like manage every second of your existence while you're at work and give you no independence whatsoever. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> you know, it's like, exactly. You know, you, you need to pay me a lot more for that bullshit. You know, like, you know, I, I, like I'm thinking about it right now and like, you know, what I, what would it take for me to like go do a fast food job? Right. Like that's gotta be like, it's miserable. Like, I don't see anybody doing a fast food job like... Now, I have not done fast food in terms of flipping burgers. Yeah, yeah. I, I've worked behind a counter. You, well, you, you went to... I know, you, you did. You, you at did your drugstore. So, at the drugstore. I worked behind a counter, and I served Slurpees and ran to yeah. the cash register. Man, that's a tough... That's, that, that fucking job is... It sucks. I'm thinking about the people at the drive-through window at the fast food, right? You know, you're you're taking the order. You have to be quick. You have to coordinate. You have to be yeah, like yeah. doing two of them at the same time. And we had, a, we had a we had a we had a we had a yeah, yeah. we had a window like that. And you you know you have lines of people. You have to be collecting the money, giving them their order, getting cash. 
I mean, you know, it's 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 it's, it's, it's an exhausting job. Yeah. And, and and so if the, you know frankly I look at it as if those people have more negotiating leverage and are able to get more to do that frankly not all that rewarding job more power to them and if I, I agree. Have, if I have to pay a bit more for my my you know completely unhealthy fast food meal uh so be it yep i i i i, I agree so okay, okay. All right. So uh, we enough beat the hell out of the subject. Yes. Uh, let's take a break. We will be back uh, with politics and sort of politics adjacent stuff, like the Rittenhouse trial and stuff like that. Uh, so back after this. No, no, it's not the beginning of the show again. We're just taking a little time to credit the artist responsible for the music we use at the beginning and end of the show. What you are listening to right now is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. The music we close our show with is Celestial Soda Pop. Both of these songs are from Deep Breakfast. Now Platinum, Deep Breakfast was the first independently released album ever to be certified gold by the RIAA. Ray Lynch's other albums are The Sky of Mind. No Blue Thing. Nothing Above My Shoulders But The Evening and The Best of Ray Lynch. You can check out Ray Lynch or buy his music at raylynch.com iTunes, Amazon, or anywhere you usually find music. Okay, we are back. And so politics-wise, we got a few different things here. We got the the January 6th committee and, you know, Bannon and uh, what's the other guy, the, the chief of staff dude? Um, oh, Meadows. Meadows, Meadows. We got Bannon and Meadows and what's happening with them and the committee and blah, blah, blah. Uh, we've got the Rittenhouse trial that uh, I just mentioned, uh, we've got, uh, you know, we, we already talked a little bit about infrastructure and bit, bring back better, bring back better. Is that what it, whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? I don't know. You, you, I, 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 I dragged the economy all over the place. You tell me. <laughs> okay. Let, let's start with Bannon. Bannon. Yeah. So, he, you know, Bannon refused to 
do anything at all with regard to the January 6th committee's subpoenas. Uh, they wanted documents from him. They wanted to have him come in and testify. He was basically like, no, fuck you. Um, and he claimed some sort of executive privilege, even though he wasn't working for the president at the time. Um, uh, he was not in the government at all. Um, and so, you know, first the committee, then the house, uh, you know, held him in contempt of Congress and referred it to the Department of Justice over the last, I guess it was two and a half weeks ago or something like that. Over those two and a half weeks, there's been lots of complaints. Where is Department of Justice? What are they doing? What's taking them so long? Why haven't they indicted him yet? Blah, 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 blah. Um, well, as it turns out, they, they did, uh, you know, refer the matter to a grand jury. And on Friday, November 12th, uh, the grand jury did indeed indict um, uh, Bannon uh, for contempt of Congress. Two counts, one for the documents, one for the in-person testimony. Um, and so I guess um, what I've read is he's going to uh, turn himself in on Monday for the whatever the first legal processes are. Uh, but they fully expect he's not going to be taken into custody Monday. You know, Damn they're, they're going to like fingerprint him and like have him talk to the judge or whatever. And then he'll be released. I mean, I trial, right? Oh, he's turning himself in. I wanted him to be brought in in chains. Yeah. Yeah. Not, nothing like that is going to happen. And, um, a few things about this one, um, in an orange jumpsuit and chains. No, I can't get that image. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, damn. Yeah, you know, so I mean, come on. Are you going to tell me you wouldn't have loved that picture? Oh, it would have been great, you know. But no, it, look, <laughs> look. Here's here's the deal. This is, you know, I, I think a few weeks ago on the show we talked about the difference. Like, if a judge holds someone in contempt, they can order straight to jail, right? And say you're staying in jail until you talk, until you present the evidence we want you to present. You're in contempt of court. You're gonna be there yeah this is not that this is not congress exercising that kind of right they theoretically could with inherent contempt but their current rules don't allow for it they'd have to change the rules they'd have to go about that they haven't done that in like over a hundred years um it's because they're fucking pussies (laughs) okay probably not the politically correct word to use about it i'm sorry but you know i i don't know i couldn't come up with another one right now i have to come up with something better yes you yes you do that that could be offensive they're fucking i know they're fucking you sexist fucking i know they're fucking millies anyway no that doesn't work anyway no this is fucking this is this is not designed to do that at all this is a punitive, you have committed a crime by not giving Congress what they wanted. And so we're going to take you to court and we're going to try to punitively fine you or send you to jail for it. Now, what that means is, okay, they did the indictment. Um, It's going to be a long time till we get to the point where there's actually a trial for this. And... Who knows whether he'll be convicted or not? Like, I, I think I've talked on the show before about the challenges of getting a jury that's not going to have at least one person who is going to just politically throw it one way or another. So it's it, this is tough. Like, and even if you do get that, in the end, even if he goes to jail, you're still not getting the information you wanted out of him. You know what? And the if they, and, and, and like, well, wait, wait, let, 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 let me finish this. And the the... The the whole thing is, this is all about delay, 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 delay. Because if you stretch this out a year 
and the Republicans win back the House, then the investigation's over anyway, and the whole thing is freaking mute. Uh, it's moot. Well, the whole thing is con- moot. Well, he- well, he could still be convicted. He, he of could still anyway, he could still be convicted but, and go to now, jail. Now, but you're here, not here, now. Now, of course, here, the way here. they wanted the, the 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 theory of it, right, is uh-huh. under the threat of potentially going to jail for this. He might change his mind. He might decide. Oh, to he's cooperate. not going to fucking change his mind. Or or even if he doesn't, this might be a you know other people who are considering like Meadows. Other people who are considering not cooperating may think twice about it, and they may change their mind. But the thing is, with Bannon and Meadows and all of these other folks, it's like, they're not, the pressure isn't really there, because first of all, this thing is going to take fucking forever. Um, second, even if they do end up going to jail, like, the 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 this particular crime it's like maximum of like a year in jail and they probably wouldn't get that much in reality. They might, you know, they might be released earlier on their, you know, house arrest or whatever. And in the meantime, they can play up their victim status and make all kinds of bank off this. Now, now, well, he's always making bank on all of this, but here's one thing that I, that I, I, I do think, you know, if you grabbed 30 random people on the street, and asked them who the fuck was Steve Bannon. How many do you think would say that they know who the hell he is? <laughs> As, uh, random people, probably small. I yeah. mean, I guess it depends what street and where, but yeah, like just yeah, random yeah, yeah. Americans. Just, 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 just go outside, you know, go down to the busiest place you got near your house, grab 30 people and say, do you know who Steve Bannon is? How many people do you think will probably even recognize the damn name? I don't know. I I mean I I would like to think at least half, but I think I'm being overly optimistic there. I think you're being way overly optimistic, which, which I think is what what goes back and plays back into what I think would happen in case of a jury trial. Because the truth is that honestly, probably very few of those people, except us freaking you know junkies of this shit, basically anyone who pays attention to the news like we do would be disqualified from that jury. Basically, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and so you would wind up with a ju- with a jury pool that basically probably is, you know, has no fucking clue who this guy is. They bring up, you know, bring up the charges and say, oh, whatever. He's, yeah, okay, but I, I think that's a secondary issue, though. I think the real issue is that these things are maddeningly slow. And well, it, yes, it's not like he's going to trial next week for this bullshit. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. You know, it's going to take forever, and the, the all of the Trumpies have proven that, you know, as, as bad as their lawyers often are in terms of the actual law, they seem to be pretty damn good at, at just- At dragging shit out. At just dragging shit out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and that, so that they've been adept at, yes. And so I think, you know, the, the reality here is that, you know- the the January 6th committee is going to get whatever information they can get out of cooperative witnesses and and from third parties like if they can you know get phone records from AT&T or whatever you know those kinds of things they'll be able to get um but things that are you know they're not going to get jack out of Bannon they're not going to get jack out of Meadows um You know, and so they'll have to deal with the information they have. And this is the same kind of obstructive bullshit that got in the way of Mueller. Uh, And they've 
proven that the playbook works and they're going to do it. They're going to, you know, drag their feet on everything. And when they do finally do something, they're, you know, they're not going to give particularly useful information anyway. Um, and they hope that they drag it out to the point where, you know, the Republicans take over the house and kill this investigation anyway. So the, the, the house committee is going to have to do whatever they can do without this stuff. They're trying to make a point by going through this exercise, but it's not going to get them any information, you know? No. And, and frankly, no. even uh, if they did inherent contempt and like actually put this guy in a cell in the basement of the Capitol or something, that would just make him a martyr for the right. They still wouldn't get information from him. He'd be thrilled. Well, I mean, I, but honestly, I'm, I don't know about him being thrilled. I mean, I, I, I would really like to just lock him up there and keep yeah, him there I for a few my, years. Yeah. Okay, fine. Like, I would enjoy that outcome as well, but I don't think it would get them information. Ah! Yeah. Yeah, but, but you know, I'm good with him being locked up down there. Yeah, and it has been disappointing to me that throughout the last few years where this could have been relevant, like, they haven't done inherent contempt. I mean, my God, like, it, it was obvious they weren't going to get cooperation, and especially during the Trump administration where it was like, okay, you, you, you want the Trump Justice Department to enforce your subpoenas for you? <laughs> but even now, like, with, with theoretically a sympathetic DOJ— um, it, it takes forever. It's not going to get you that stuff. Well, so. well, uh, you're saying, so, no, uh, you know, t t take out the word sympathetic, but with, with the DOJ willing to follow the law yeah, at this yeah. moment. Okay. All right. I, I mean, that, that's the reality. It's like, it, you know, he's violated the law. Somebody has to enforce it. They're going to try to enforce it. But at the same time, this isn't, you know, it's not the right tool. Well, it's not, well, the speed, well, it, 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 this isn't a fast process. Right. That's the reality. Well, it's not okay. a fast process, and it's and it's a process designed to punish him for not cooperating. It's not a process right. designed to get him to, to get him to cooperate. Well, at this point, there is nothing else to do because this asshole, you know, just won't cooperate. Yeah, but I, again, I, 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 it frustrates me no end that con that the House way back when they when the Democrats first took over, like one of the first orders of business should have been, hey, let's modify the rules so we can use inherent contempt. And the first time some Trumpy didn't hand over documents or didn't show up to testify. No, I, I agree. It should, that should, I, I agree. I, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. Yeah, they, they just have not been bold on that. And I don't I don't think Meadows is going to uh, do anything either. I mean, it, it, basically, they were telling him, today like uh he did he didn't show up to his scheduled testimony on friday and they were telling him uh oh well but look look what just happened to bannon it could happen to you too and i'm sure he's like yeah so <laughs> bring it you know i know um and meanwhile you've got things um uh, who, who's the uh, reporter from uh abc uh carl jonathan carl who came out with a book recently uh in the last 24 hours there was a recording released of, from one of the interviews he did of uh from the book of you know of trump talking about uh the people threatening to hang mike pence and basically being like i understand where that came from of course they were frustrated with him he wouldn't defend the obvious fraud and blah 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 you know and it's like 
you know, I, as some people are putting Trump's comments as more directly, like he was, he was approving of the, uh, uh, of the rioters wanting to hang Mike Pence. That's not quite what he said. Uh, but it's still like, you, you, you look at all this stuff together and it's, yes, this okay, was. Let's be clear. He did a, he did want them to do it. Well, the, he wanted them to intimidate Pence into doing what he wanted Pence to do. I don't think he would have actually been. I I still don't believe he actually wanted them to kill him. He wanted him. them to intimidate him hurt to him. the point that he would hurt him. Maybe hurt him. Maybe hurt him. As what what he cared about is getting Mike Pence to actually invalidate the states that would be needed to uh to push it into the house of representatives for the election he he wanted pence to fuck with the election and the counting and that was his ultimate goal actually killing mike pence wouldn't actually help with that um but what would help is scare mike pence enough to make him do it anyway now now after he did the his bidding would he have been okay with him getting killed I, because I believe, I believe, yes. I, I feel like in the end, I mean, the guy's a sociopath. He doesn't give a shit. Exactly. Yes. You know, but, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Like the, the whole January 6th thing, I think there's, there's still more to learn there. Um, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, I, I think just like almost everything else in the Trump presidency, it's a bunch of bumbling idiots in over their heads, uh, thinking they can control a situation, but it actually getting out of their control. Um, but, yes. but I think there's still more to learn here. And I think the fact that Trump is so aggressively trying to prevent any possible additional disclosure of information to anybody, um, you know, it just, it, it makes them look more guilty now, but to be clear, that's part of M Trump's MO on everything. Right. Right. Like it's not like he could, he could actually be completely freaking innocent and he would still try to put up this wall and prevent anything whatsoever from coming out. He's not the kind of person who's like, I'm innocent and let me prove it. Here's all my information. I, I think the, the one thing is that, uh, he likes these fights. Yeah. And I think that a lot, because honestly, there isn't anything to hide from here that much at this point. Other than giving some additional details to stuff that we have... We kind of know already. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, it would just be, you know, documenting it more explicitly with, you and, know... And this plays into, like, what happened with Mueller as well, in terms of, like you said, if you dribble out the information, make it last longer and longer and longer and longer and longer and longer, by the time you get to the end of that process... You know, and they released the final report that says all of this stuff happened. Everybody was like, yeah, we, we knew that a year ago. What's the big deal? Why are you talking about it now? But, yeah, exactly. Um, whereas if you'd brought it all up at the very beginning, it would have been incredibly shocking. Right. You know, but because it's stretched out over that period of time, you know, by the time you get to the end, everybody's yawning about it. 
Right. You know? Um, and that's, and, and this is what he's done too. Like for, forget the presidency and the stuff. This is what he did his entire career in terms of lawsuits too. He'd try, he'd stretch out the lawsuit as long as possible. Um, and yeah, probably eventually settle or something. But at the, but at the end of that, the people who went after him had to spend a shit ton of money to get to that point. And, you know, some of them, by the time you get there, they died. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you just wait them out. You like, you, and, and in many cases, like you got more money than they do. They exhaust their resources and have to stop. Even if they were on the right of the deal, he, he has been gaming the legal system and the slowness of the legal system and all of the mechanisms where you can slow it down further and appeal and do this and do that his entire freaking life. That has been his entire life. Yes. Uh, so, so we'll see more of that. Um, okay. Uh, the other big thing that's been going on this week, um, uh, is this Rittenhouse trial. Um, uh, so to remind folks, have you followed it? I mean, I, I have read some of the stuff. It seems like it, the case I have followed it off and on. Okay. And, but let, but let me, let me put this uh, to, first of all, to remind people, this is the kid uh, who, who his mom drove him to the protest in Wisconsin, uh, you know, armed, 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 uh, and, and he ended up in, uh, an, an interaction. I'm trying to be neutral in my terms here, an interaction with some of the protesters, the end result of which was he shot three of them and two died. Right. Okay. Um, I, by coincidence, just within the last couple weeks, was listening to our Curmudgeon's Corner episode the week that that event happened. Mm. Um, and even back then, one of the things that when we first talked about it, we said, you know, there's a lot unclear about the details of what happened here. Right. Because at least one of the people he killed was also armed. Um there's a question of whether or not there was self-defense at play here. And that, that is of course his defense in this trial. Um, and what exactly happened? Who threatened who first? How did that, how did this all go down? Um, and from, from what I have heard from this trial so far, there, there are a couple of themes. Um, one is that, the the judge seems to be a bit of a bastard. Oh my <laughs> god! Know? Yeah, I've I've seen some of that. Uh, um, in in terms of you know, just his his orientation towards this whole thing seems to be tilted fairly heavily in Rittenhouse's favor. The jury selection was also structured very heavily in Rittenhouse's favor. Um, you know, uh, lots of white people on the jury, uh, people were selected out of the jury based on their opinions of racially polarized issues, etc. Um, so there's a lot of that that seemed to, even before the trial itself started, seemed to be leaning towards, okay, this guy's going to be acquitted. Okay. Um, in, the parts that I have listened to, you know, they're making the self-defense case. They're basically saying he came here. He's like, of course, saying, I didn't come looking for trouble. I came to be a medic and I and to defend this place. So I, I had my med kit in one hand and my gun in the other. And I was defending some of the businesses here. And these guys came after me. Right. And I 
was afraid for my life. And so, yes, I shot them, but I was defending myself. Right. Um, and you know, part of the question here is okay, but were they defending themselves from you too? Was there like right. a confrontational situation happening there where they were reasonably scared of you? So the fact that they were attacking you was because they saw you there with a freaking gun and they were scared, you know? Not just a gun. He had an AR-15, yes, yes, right? Yes, he did. Um, I'm sorry to tell you, but I've seen those in person. You know, some guy walks up to me with that. That's very intimidating. Yes. So, but honestly, my 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 gut feel is he he's going to get acquitted. I, I you know, I, I, he might be um he might get uh hit with some of the lesser charges cuz they're they're potentially including a bunch of lesser charges like, you know, Im- illegal illegal possession of a gun that he shouldn't have had because he he was a minor bringing it across straight state lines and things like that. But I think he'll get off on the big charges. Um, and frankly, you know, a lot of people are going to be really outraged about that, but just listening to what I've heard, just like on our first show after this happened, I still am not sure exactly what happened there. And I feel like if the, the burden is reasonable doubt, right. I have some doubt. I don't know. Like now I understand, like to, to me, like it was incredibly irresponsible for, him to be there in the first place for him to be carrying that gun. But I can certainly see a situation where he's there with his gun, but not intending to directly confront people, but people see him walking around with it and get scared. And so try to disarm him. And then he, and then he attacks them because of that and blah, 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 blah. And it, it just, the situation escalates. Um, I see enough doubt about what's going on that I don't know. Like, I mean, I haven't been following it minute by minute. I'm not on the jury, uh, et cetera, but it looks to me like one of these chaotic situations where, you know, can I say this guy did a lot of things wrong? Yes. Can I say like directly that according to, the applicable law, he is definitely guilty of this and doesn't have any sort of self-defense uh, claim. I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, and, and the, 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 the prosecution team uh, has apparently not done a particularly great job. Uh, they've, you know, they've bumped heads with the judge on a few places, but, uh, but even beyond that, it's like they, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I, it feels like... Well, I the- think that if it goes back to what we you we talked about when this first happened, that the details surrounding it were unclear. And then, you, you, you know, you have to figure out how to charge a person based on what happened. Right. And if the circumstances were not clear for the charge that he's being accused of, then this is where you're at. I mean, in a situation where, I mean, and there is video and I, I haven't watched a lot of the video, uh, but, uh, but apparently even the video can be ambiguous, you know, the angles that are at and blah, blah, blah. And so I don't know. I, I, I feel like this may be another situation where you, you do want, maybe, maybe there are missing laws that should apply here. Uh, because it feels like 
everybody involved in this damn situation was stupid. You know, his mother was stupid. He was stupid. The, the, the people that tried to disarm him probably made some mistakes in that process because that, you know, every, every, it seems like everybody here was looking for a fight in some way or another. Um, and, and he says he didn't know. He's like, I just wanted to be a medic and blah, 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 and defend. And, but how do you know what was really in his head? I don't, I don't know. And I, I feel like on the one hand, I'm like, how do I know it was really in his head? Well, I do know one thing was in his head is like yep. barely anything that that is a space for rent. <laughs> but I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, what the hell kind of a brainless planet is? Hey, let me show up over there with a freaking, you know, you know, semi-automatic rifle and bring peace. That no, no, idiot. No. Yeah. And, um, and look, the, the police that were there were also stupid. They like, they, they let him just wander around in, in this area and they, they should have been trying to deescalate this. And then after it happened, they let him just leave. Yeah. There were a lot of things like everybody involved in this thing made horrible mistakes. I think, and who, what the legal ramifications are, who should go to jail for what I am just confused enough to say, I don't know. Right. I feel like there should be re repercussions of some sort. I don't think this guy should get off scot-free. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know, I know he was only eight. Was he, he was 17 when he, this happened. He's 18 now, I believe, or maybe 19. Um, or maybe it was eight. I, I don't know. Yeah. He was underage. So he was 17 when this he happened. He was underage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah, so I I don't necessarily I, I don't know I don't I, I I look at this and I just end up with I don't know everybody er, this whole thing was fucked up everybody was stupid there should be consequences but I don't know what those consequences should be um, but at the same time I feel like this is another one of those situations where assuming he does get acquitted we could have more problems like this because of that, because people will be out in the streets protesting this and, and I'll send them to jail. There'll be people protesting this. There are people on both sides of this. Right. Uh, so it's just messy and, uh, it, it frustrates me. And, um, but I, I think like one of those fundamentals is like, you know, if you're coming to a potentially tense situation, Bringing weaponry doesn't make it better. You don't say. Really? Wow. You know, I think the next time I have a very tense situation here with my wife, I'm just going to show up with weapons and, like, really just cursing and, you know, agitated. I'm sure that that will, like, stabilize the whole thing, right? I'm going to bring two guns, I'm going to put them on the table, and I'm going to start yelling like a raving lunatic. Do you think that that will calm the situation down? Um, hard to say there. Might help. <laughs> I might end it pretty quick. <sighs> yeah, no, I don't know. I, it, it, yeah, yeah. I just, listen, it's just, I'm making fun of these morons that think, oh yeah, let's break, let's just Put more weapons into the situation. Everything will be just fine. And and just to be clear, like I said, it wasn't just him. One of the people he shot had a handgun too, and was yeah, yeah, pull yeah. and All was pulling them. the yes. handgun on this guy. 
And the questions here are like, okay, but was he pulling the handgun on him because he was carrying the gun and was worried that he was going to get shot? Right. Or, or that he was going to shoot. And there's there was a whole sequence of what order people got shot and what and how things escalated. Because right. right. after the first shooting, of course, the second people could be like, well, Gee. We've, we've got an active shooter. We have to bring him down. Right. Look, there is a there is a there is a movie that I I, I like this movie. It's it, it's an old uh uh oh my god uh, uh Will Smith movie called Enemy of the State, uh, which is with Gene Hackman. If you haven't watched this movie, you gotta you gotta watch this. Movie. Uh, this I'll is a pretty it good movie. It, it, it's it, it's a lot on the survey uh, on the sur- It's about the NSA surve- the surveillance state or whatever whatnot but there is a scene in the movie that, that there's a showdown with everybody holding guns okay mm-hmm. and 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 a shootout breaks out not because somebody was shootout it's because all of them were holding guns they were pointing at them and somebody got spooked and one shot got fired and guess what happened everybody just started shooting right and, and but and, and you know look and that's in a movie scene, I, I, I realize, but I've seen that, you know, read about how those situations have happened in real life, where all of a sudden, it's just a whole bunch of people with guns are all out there. One person, start, uh, uh, you know, fires off a shot and then, well, you know, then you've got a mess right. in your hands. So, okay. anyway. Well, I think that's enough. Yes, I think that's enough. Okay, so let's close this thing out with the stuff at the end. Uh, if you want to look at our archive or get in touch with us, go to our website, curmudgeons-corner.com. You'll find all the old episodes. You'll find links to our Facebook, our Twitter, uh, all of that stuff. Um, also, uh, there will be also there will be a link to our Patreon uh, where you can give us a little tip if you want. Uh, we always appreciate the little cash money coming in. Um, we don't get a lot of it, but it helps pay for a few things now and then. New microphones. Anything helps. Whatever, you know. Um, and one time it paid for an in-person uh, meetup. Maybe we'll do that again someday. Someday. <laughs> someday. You know, in a decade or two, you know. If downtown Seattle survives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at at $2 a month or more on our Patreon, or... If you communicate with us and are ask nicely uh, through any of the other mechanisms, we will invite you to our Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, uh, which is just a little chat room where Yvonne and I and a variety of our listeners are chatting about current events all week long and uh, sharing links and that kind of stuff. So Yvonne, your favorite part of the show, what are a few things that we talked about on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack this week that we have not talked about on the show? Uh... We haven't talked on the show. Well, we didn't talk about one thing. I sh- I didn't even see if you read it. I shared this article on here's what to expect from the iMac lineup in 2022. Something yep, yep. that is hotly anticipated by Sam. Yeah, I mean, I've, start- I've been following these rumors. Yvonne shared a link of something summarizing the rumors. I'd heard most of them before, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I want to replace my iMac, but I don't want to until they release the big size with the new chips. And currently the best estimate is sometime in the first half of next year. So yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and then I, I, I share, we, we, we had been talking about electric cars, car charging and some stuff or whatever. And I shared uh, a pretty cool story, uh, a company right now that's starting to basically make car batteries out of completely recycled materials, recycled nickel, mag- manganese, cobalt. So basically to reduce the carbon footprint of making car batteries uh, for electric vehicles, which is one big issue right now with them. And so therefore it's kind of cool that uh, somebody is, uh, moving along with that uh also uh i'll tell you what this story was shocking and i don't know if you read it about usc uh basically running a for-profit mill of just bilking people out of money for Mm. for uh master's degrees in uh what the hell uh master's degrees in in uh, for uh oh whatchamacallit for social work Basically, okay, yep. Which, which basically don't pay very well, by the way, um, right? And you know the social work master's programs, and and the people winding up leaving school with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, uh, and and not just that, that they had partnered with some kind of somebody signed from the university this terrible contract that I cannot uh, look. I I do contracts all the time. I don't understand how that got passed by a lawyer. I mean, and and I'm wondering if the person that signed at the university was in on the money because they were turning over sixty percent of the tuition to this for profit company, mm. and and people are just bankrupt, you know, with and, and degrees and pe- that and basically got counting nothing. on the USC name and that they're getting something yes. that's actually from that school when in and fact it's, it's garbage. Not. It's garbage. It's garbage, and he just wound up destroying people economically. It's just insane. Um, so there was a story about that. And uh, actually, I think that person that ran that program is indi- being indicted. Also, I mean, tad on top of that. So anyway, um, uh, so we got that. Uh, we uh, so a lot of talk. Oh, uh, a shared. Uh, oh, I got my booster shot. Okay. And uh, uh, Greg, apparently one of our listeners, Greg, uh, Apparently, for some reason, he decided to go and make a line for several hours to do that. I, I'm going to tell everybody, I made an appointment at Walgreens, got there in a few minutes with my Diet Coke in hand, sat for a little bit, pharmacist came out, gave me my shot, I went home. My wife got her booster a couple days ago at our primary care physician, uh, was in and out in 15 minutes. She'd made the appointment a while ago. She just showed up at the appointment time, did the thing, and left. Uh, she is you know, getting kicked on her ass a little bit from the, uh, from the side effects of the booster. Uh, but I got it, a little bit, but not too bad. Yeah. She, it was, it, it seems like it was bad for like a day and she's getting over it now. So, and not, a, not her second shot was still her worst. Yeah. But, but my recommendation is for all of you, listen, CVS, Walgreens, they're wall to wall appointments. Okay. All over the place. Many locations, a lot of supply, very easy to get to get to um you know they got flu shots also they got everything they got you know whatever so so uh so did that uh we we got that we got uh uh what the heck else uh um, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing that you have you we cannot miss your hard drive because space? we we we've we no, not my hard drive space we did we did talk about how much hard drive space i use but no as a follow-up to something we spoke about on the show a, a couple months ago yeah Brittany is now free Oh, Brittany is free. Yes, we also share we shared that story that Brittany is free. Yes, um, you know, well, let's see anything else we talked about. Oh, 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 American Deer. Yes, and SARS COVID. Apparently, our deer are all 
COVID and full of COVID. And that could be a problem. So, so if you've got deer in your neighborhood, stay away from them. Don't go hugging them and stuff. Stay away from the damn deer. Okay. All right. Yeah. Make sure your local deer are wearing masks. Yes. And are practicing proper social distancing. We also talked a little bit about uh, political groupings and how a lot of these surveys bunch people into places. I, Bruce was complaining about how he got bunched. I always wind up being pigeonholed in some place that I'm not, whatever. I find most of these are just really not very good. Uh, anyway, um, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, what else? What else? What else? That was because uh, the Pew came out with their latest version of the american political typology uh they they last released one like something like four years ago and it's like a a hundred plus page report with all kinds of details and blah 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 i did not read the whole thing i i i, I skimmed a couple things on it which you looked, lazy bastard i know but uh you know it, it's the kind of stuff that seems kind of interesting like you said there's you can always quibble with the methodology um, but it, it's interesting to look at, at least at a high level. I was, I was willing to read a couple page summary. I don't care about, yeah, I'm not going to read a hundred pages. No, I just always find that the questionnaire methodology on a lot of these, they really limit it to, a, they, they really, I, I, I think that the, the questions make it that you wind up with people more polarized than they are. I think that there are ways to make it more nuanced than what they're doing. But anyway, I digress. Uh, last thing that I want to share is that Trump apparently told the RNC chair that he was leaving the GOP to create a new party yep. on the day that uh, that he was leaving the, the, the you know on, on inauguration day for for Biden. Yeah, he basically and basically had to be threatened. Uh, and the only threat that worked, we talked about earlier about how how Trump loves to uh, you know just just exhaust people in court was basically when the rnc basically said that they would stop paying his legal fees yep and then he's like oh oh never mind then <laughs> okay that's it that's it that's it so thanks everybody uh and as usual have a great week stay safe have fun but not too much fun you know you never want to have too much fun that'll get you in trouble but uh yeah no uh ha have a great week everybody we'll talk to you next time goodbye bye bye later bye 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 bye, bye.